0: Listen to some of your favorite shows ad-free with Stitcher Premium, like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Science Rules with Bill Nye, and more. Get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. Just $4.99 a month. Go to stitcher.com slash premium and use promo code thewildlife for one month free. Today on The Wildlife, a pregnant woman attacked twice in the same week, an umbrella the only thing providing her a modicum of relief. A foul flocking assault on a 55-plus community. Journalists attacked on the hunt for the truth. And what you can do to protect yourself when the turntables. When the tables turn. This is sure to be a story you'll want to gobble up. Our story begins. Wild turkeys once roamed the continent far and wide, but by the early 20th century, The entire U.S. population had been carved up by hunting and habitat destruction, until a mere 30,000 or so remained. In the 1940s, much of the leftovers (coughs) were relocated to other parts of the country with recovering or suitable habitats. Places like Minnesota, for example. Today, that number has
1: reached 6 million. As their numbers have increased, so have encounters with the
0: formidable fowl. Capable of reaching weights of up to 25 pounds and clocking running speeds of up to 25 miles per hour. And flight speeds, yes, flight speeds of up to 40 miles per hour over short distances. And 270 degree vision that is three times better than 2020. There is little that you can do to escape a tenacious turkey. Often
1: overlooked, turkeys are quite adept. They can recognize each other by sound, and can even form mental maps of their territory—territory you may naively think is yours. They are excellent planners, and have an acute sense for pattern recognition, like when you leave for work, take out the trash, or play ping-pong alone in your garage. You may have seen in the news recently that a 55-plus community in New Jersey was in the midst of struggling with an increasingly aggressive flock of roughly 60 turkeys. Like a scene out of some sort of zombie apocalypse film, turkeys were blocking doorways, halting traffic. Chewing was a failure, as the turkeys grew increasingly violent. They began biting at people, attacking car tires, and even broke the windows of several residences. The state's wildlife department has even stepped in to get a handle on the situation.
0: In Cambridge, Massachusetts, a 35-year-old pregnant woman was attacked outside her home by a group of five turkeys. Twice in one week. In recent years, as humans continue our expanse and turkeys continue their revival, these sorts of incidents have only increased. YouTube, Google searches, and cleverly titled
1: articles would have you believe that turkeys are bloodthirsty maniacs. After all, the abundance of video evidence seems to suggest that this is an undeniable truth.
0: In fact, check out the wildlife. blog this week for a list of some of our favorite clips.
1: Our point is, we're being a bit overzealous in our depiction of turkeys as tyrannical troublemakers, and so is everybody else.
0: Don't get us wrong, they certainly can be, but it's important to understand context.
1: Sure, sure, male turkeys will attack virtually anything that looks remotely like a threat, usually by pecking violently, sometimes at their own reflection in a window or hubcap.
0: But that's just what turkeys do. That's how they be. (sighs) You may have heard the term pecking order before. Dominant males assert said dominance by pecking at weaker males Which honestly makes the whole mental image of them pecking at their own reflection that much funnier Depending on the time of year, increased aggression and odd displays may be related to something entirely different See, males are polygamous, and they
1: will mate with as many hands as they can Males try to get attention from the ladies by strutting their stuff like they're montaging to a right said Fred, puffing out their feathers, dragging their wings, and
0: spreading out their tail feathers To appeal to their ladies' patriotism And to get the Founding Fathers in a tizzy, more on that in a bit, their heads and necks turn red, white, and blue. By the way,
1: did you know that their heads can change color like an incredibly saggy, skin-textured mood ring? A solid white head and neck is a turkey's way of saying, whoa, you guys, I'm just so
0: freaking excited right now. The males gobble, drum, boom, and spit to attract females. Problem is, they'll do it to virtually anything that makes a sound, and that includes people.
1: All in all... When you consider that Americans eat 45 million per year on Thanksgiving alone, over seven times more than exists in the wild to begin with, actual turkey incidents and severity of turkey attacks are hardly anything to get ruffled up about.
0: Here's the deal. When you look more closely at most of these incidents, you'll also find out that someone has been feeding the turkeys regularly or something else is leading to their habituation, like robust bird feeders filled to the brim ripe for commandeering.
1: And just like any animal that becomes habituated or loses its fear of Greg down the lane, boundaries get crossed and lines get blurred. Frequently, attacks on people are more the result of turkeys seeing Phyllis as a fellow turkey that needs to know her place in the pecking order or other than anything else.
0: Many state wildlife agencies have put out information on dealing with aggressive turkeys or preventing conflicts altogether. My personal favorite is the bolded remark on the Minnesota DNR website that says, Don't let turkeys intimidate you. <laughs> it's hard not to visualize a mafia-style shakedown like, Hey, you're Vinny. You better not let her out the door until I get some seed, you know? Bottom line, in today's overall safety tip, don't feed wildlife. But also, make noise, make yourself big, and don't be afraid to chase a turkey off if need be.
1: You might feel bad harassing or chasing turkeys away, or whatever it might be, but you have to understand that doing so helps them keep wild and less likely to end up on the wrong side of local wildlife officials who will ultimately have to act as turkey terminators if things get too out of hand. Which brings us to today's
2: reality check. Benjamin Franklin here. Yes, the Benjamin Franklin. You may have heard before that I hated the bald eagle as America's symbol and that I actively lobbied for the turkey to be the national bird. <laughs> That's a pinning of the truth, if I've ever heard it. The whole idea comes from a letter I once wrote my daughter. In fact, I think I have a copy of it right here. I heard here. here it goes. <clears throat> for my own part, I wish the bald eagle had not been chosen the representative of our country. He is a bird of bad moral character. He does not get his living honestly. You may have seen him perched on some dead tree near the river, where too lazy to fish for himself he watches the labor of the fishing hawk, and that when the diligent bird has at length taken a fish and is bearing it to the nest for the support of his mate and the young ones, the bald eagle pursues him and takes it from him. With all this injustice he is never in good case, but, like those among men who live by sharping and robbing, he is generally poor and often very lousy, but he is a rank coward. The little kingbird, not bigger than a sparrow, attacks him boldly and drives him out of the district. He is therefore by no means a proper emblem for the brave and honest Cincinnati of America, who have driven all the kingbirds from our country. I am on this account not displeased that the figure is not known as a bald eagle, but looks more like a turkey. For the truth, the turkey is, in comparison, a much more respectable bird, and withal a true original native of America. He is, besides, though a little vain and silly, a bird of courage, and would not hesitate to attack a grenadier of the British guards who should presume to invade his farmyard with a red coat on. Firstly, I'm not wrong. I'm not. Secondly, I did not actively or even verbally advocate that the turkey be the national bird. I merely casually mentioned it in the letter, just like I casually mentioned Joe. Joe Mama.
1: In the second half of today's holiday special, we're dishing out a hearty helping of straight facts.
0: Like, for example, that male turkeys leave behind J-shaped poop and females leave a spiral. Straight facts. But really, though, we're mostly going to focus on how the turkey became the Thanksgiving icon as we know it today.
1: Funny enough, the already incredibly problematic and troubling story of the first Thanksgiving in 1621 is likely 100% incorrect on another far less troubling but still inaccurate issue. The pilgrims probably didn't even eat
0: turkey. At least any existing documentation just mentions wild fowl. That could be anything. I mean, like literally any wild fowl. So, why has turkey become synonymous with Thanksgiving?
1: In order to understand why, we first have to look at the history of the holiday, and again, think about the context of the wild turkey.
0: Turkey was indeed a popular bird for early colonists. In fact, side note, if you've ever wondered why they are called turkey, and if there's any connection with the country, well, there is, and that's why. Europeans loved African guinea fowl that they received through ports at turkey, not knowing exactly where it was from or what to call it, well, they just... Called a turkey. Why not? I mean, when you don't know what you're getting from a fast food place, I don't know. My point is, they weren't very intuitive. Anyway, when Spaniards brought American turkeys back to Europe, Europeans noted the similar appearance and taste, and well, naturally, I guess, called a turkey.
1: After that day in 1621, and after the colonies became the United States of America, presidents would occasionally declare a Thanksgiving celebration. Turkey, being relatively abundant, large enough to feed a family and not a regular part of the average diet, was perfect as a centerpiece for a celebration.
0: Alexander Hamilton, of his own fame and that of Hamilton, once said, No citizen of the U.S. shall refrain from turkey on Thanksgiving Day, or throw away his shot. But it wasn't declared a nationwide holiday until 1863. Pure circumstance and chance brought the turkey to our Thanksgiving tables, just by being an irregular food source and not serving any other particular purpose to people. Happenstance, really. It does bring up a question of conservation and wildlife management, though. As we mentioned before, turkeys were almost completely terminated from the American landscape. Intense conservation and reintroduction efforts brought this creature back from the brink. And it seems to always be the case in such instances. Take, for example, the gray wolf or the beaver. Conservation success stories sometimes evolve into stories of resentment. Humans grow too used to living on a landscape without that we struggle to adapt to our... our, uh, that we struggle to adapt ourselves when it comes to living with. This is a larger topic than this episode in particular can handle. We'll have to dive deeper at a later time. But it does seem fitting to the overall Thanksgiving theme. We need to be thankful for wild lives and wild places, and learn to better understand context, connections, and the consequences of our own actions, both as individuals and as a collective. That's part of what the wildlife is about, and definitely essential part of our focus as we near the new year. So this year when you sit down with your loved ones around an overcooked turkey, be sure to give thanks. Thanks that the tables aren't turned.
1: And now, it is time
0: for Animal Sound of the Week. Last time on Animal Sound of the Week... It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a goal of some kind. Woo! Not really sure which goal, but a goal, you know, like a seagull, except there's really no such thing as seagulls. If you need a reminder about that, you can go back and listen to our previous episode goals in the concrete sea. We explain it. Um, but yeah, no guesses partially because I did not advertise it on social media as of the time that we are recording this. So my bad anyway, new sound this week all right prepare your eardrums for this beauty of a sound
1: <clears throat>
0: I'm really excited for nobody to get this right dude this is this is like impossible for a human throat that's cruel this is a cruel one admittedly. But we kind of just were like, well, what do we do? Which brings us brings me to bring, brings me to a question, um, a request, nay, I should say, if you have any ideas for a sound that we should do for Animal Sound of the Week, send them our way. Also, remember that you can guess on Animal Sound of the Week, and if you get it correct, you're one of the few, which is like already an honor. Comes with bragging rights. And like, yeah, and you know, you know, just uh, um, internal pride in knowing that you were just so smart, you know. Um, but you also get a prize, and we always say, you know, like maybe not a great prize, but you know what? It'll be a great prize. It's a great prize, okay? Exactly. Just be thankful for the prize that you get. In all seriousness, so like it, it'd be a pretty. It'd be a pretty cool prize. So, like be thankful because it's
1: Thanksgiving.
0: And you know what? That you know what? You said thank the thankful. Thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder. Because guess what? We are at the very tail end of our November member drive. I will tell you the November member thing, that rhyming, total accident. It just happened to be that way. Anyway, we're at the tail end of that. Remember, if you become a patron or upgrade before the end of the month, then rather than the 10% donated to a conservation or research program around a, uh, an animal of your choosing as a part of the Wildlife Ambassadors Program, which is something that we've newly rolled out, rather than just 10%, we bumped that up to 20% for the first two months. So. There's that big deal. We're actually rolling out some more on the website about the wildlife ambassador program relatively soon here, uh, as well as uh, our first totals of contributions. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, But that being said, for our current patrons, we want to give a big thanks. That's to Chris Trankel, Matt Capel, Andrea Lloyd, Megan Gariani and Bridget Fitzgerald, like always. Still, very genuinely, we could not do this without you. Thank you, thank you. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, you, thank, you, you, thank, you, you. thank you. Thank you. Many thanks. Thank Don't you. Pay. Come. On. That timing. That timing, though. <sighs> Until next time. Avide zeggen and goodbye.
1: The Wildlife is building a community on iNaturalist with a new joinable project. Connect with a community of over 750,000 scientists and naturalists who can help you learn more about nature and help confirm identifications. By recording and sharing your observations, you help to create quality research data for scientists working better to understand and protect nature iNaturalist is a joint initiative by the California Academy of Sciences and the National Geographic Society. For details on how to join our project and connect with other listeners, visit the forward slash iNaturalist.